Hey, this is Nick Romolini, your friendly, displaced Italian-American Philadelphian whose Philadelphia Phillies are in their first World Series in 13 years. Welcome to another episode of The Blank Page. Went to the uh, pumpkin patch with my family today. It's the end of October in Los Angeles here. It's uh, about 80 degrees. There was a guy there in a sweater, overalls, boots, a beanie, and a scarf. I could understand some of it. The scarf is what really just completely befuddled me. I appreciate you dressing up for the occasion, but my guy, you gotta be sweating to death in that fucking costume. Anyway, start off here with a couple updates. First of all, I got the leased Volkswagen Taos back. So I'm going to return the rental car. <laughs> I'm driving and I realized that my hands smelled like garlic. So then I lean forward and I smell the steering wheel and the steering wheel smells like garlic. <laughs> So I get there and I'm thinking about how when I was checking the car out in the first place, I noticed the guy that was helping out the person in front of me was really analyzing the car to the point where the guy was like, what are you looking for? And he was like, well, you know, I'm just looking for scratches on the rims, things like that. And I had noticed that whether it was me or not, there was a pretty gigantic scratch on, on the rim and also on the side of the car. When I was parking the fucking Voyager, whatever the fuck it was, I know I, I crunched a curb, but I don't know if I was the one who scraped up the rim. So anyway, when I get there, I'm returning it to a different woman and I'm just like talking her ear off. Oh yeah, it's great. It's, it's 70,000 miles on it. Drives the beautiful. Start telling her about the, the Taos that I have. I'm just yucking it up, man. And get, she's, we're just chatting. I mean, I'm genuine, but you know, I'm charming her so she won't notice all the shit that's fucked up about the Voyager that I don't want to fucking get charged for. God forbid, after all that with the fucking $500 deductible, imagine? So by some miracle, she's like... Oh, yeah, you know, we knew about all the damage to the car. I was like, yeah, you know, 70,000 miles on it. There's going to be some scratches here and there, you know? So then I go to Precise to go pick up the Taos. <laughs> and I decided to wear my dad's gigantic gold crucifix that's been passed down to me. Just to, you know, ingratiate myself to uh, Mike and the rest of them there at uh, Precise. And they did a perfect fucking job. I couldn't believe it. The car looks beautiful. They detailed it for me. He was real nice. I was like, damn, you detailed it? He was like, yeah. He was like smiling. He was like all pleasant spirited. I was like, this is fucking great. These guys love me after all. Now, of course, about a week into it, I noticed that the window's a little fucked up when it's going down. It makes a noise. It still works, but it makes a noise. But at this point, I'm just, I'm done with the whole situation. So I guess all's well that ends mostly well. Now, the kicker to the whole story is the other day, I noticed a letter in the mail from Mercury. This is like October 20th. I've had the car back for a couple weeks at this point. So I open up this letter. It's dated October 14th. And it says, Dear Nicholas, we've received your claim. We've received your claim. Are you fucking kidding me? The car's done. I got it back. There's nothing else to, for us to talk about here. We are absolutely done here. We could just leave things exactly where they are. Poor fucking Amber, man. I hope, uh, I hope things get better for everybody over there at Mercury Insurance. Anyway, story's over. Now, I don't want to belabor this point too much. <laughs> but I got to give you an update on the neighbor. You know, the signs in the window, real big, real loud. 
working from home, all caps, <laughs> scrawled in Sharpie marker. You might have seen it on my Instagram. So the other day, it's like a fucking Tuesday. I see her leaving the house, walking out, going to her car at 11 a.m. She comes home at 5 p.m. How is that working from home? How am I disrupting your workday so much when you're gone from your house for five, six fucking hours on a Tuesday? I mean, what are we doing here with this? You know, I've been thinking about the whole like friends, adult friends, the guy from Philly who refuses to talk to me, who, by the way, I was thinking about it. If the guy from Philly would actually talk to me when we see each other on like a Monday morning, I could be like, yo, what's up, man? You know, how you doing? He could be like, I'm great. Did you see the Eagles game yesterday? And I'd be like, no. And he'd be like, oh, they won. And I'd be like, that's cool. And then we could smile at each other and then like leave or whatever. But like, but I'm just saying, there is an opportunity for connection, regardless, regardless of all that, because I'm letting this go with this guy. I don't give a fuck. Because the reason I'm letting it go is because I'm focusing on the good things. I'm focusing on the fact that, like, there are multiple parents now with whom I interact almost every day on the walk to school. There's this one guy, DJ. He owns a fucking skate shop. My friend used to run a tattoo shop in his skate shop. I didn't know that he was the owner. He came up to me and just started talking to me the one day because he recognized, you know, me and Louie from walking to school. Louie's got that long, very noticeable blonde hair. And we just started chatting. And now we like dap every morning and we just chat about bullshit. And like, I think maybe what I'm realizing is like, I could just transfer this negative energy into positive energy and just be like, who gives a fuck about the guy who refuses to talk to me? Let me focus on the guy who actually really likes engaging with me. Like, that's pleasant. That's actually maybe a better approach to life for my mental well-being and, you know, physical well-being. Who knows? Maybe I won't get another fucking hernia or I won't get some stress-related physical ailment, you know? I just lean into the good things, you know? It's Mr. Pistol Popper screaming, fuck a copper. See, that's how you know that your shit is legit. You got to be able to say peas like that. Pee, pee, pop, pop, pop. That's how you know your shit's mad decent. <laughs> Sorry. So embarrassing. That was a random ASAP Rocky interlude, by the way. Yeah. All right. So here's the quick update on the writing submissions. So I submitted the piece entitled Las Vegas to 14 publications, and I submitted the piece called Third Day of a Juice Cleanse to 14 publications. We are now up to 11 total rejections. So we have 17 rejections to go. It feels so fucking good to get rejected. It really does. I... I've never like put myself out there to get rejected. I've always like avoided situations in which I would leave myself open and vulnerable to rejection. So this feels good and I know it's just thickening my skin and toughening me up and it's going to make the winds feel that much better. And so I just wanted to read a couple of the rejection letters. Most of them are very boilerplate. This one's from The Point magazine. Dear Nicholas, thank you for sending us Third Day of a Juice Cleanse. We are grateful for the chance to read it, but the piece is not the right fit for us at this time. Best of luck with this, and thanks again. Sincerely, the editors. That's what most of them are exactly like that. I mean, a couple of them are like, we understand the work that goes into this and that this letter is not reflective of that. You know, I mean, whatever. But they're mostly pretty, it feels like copy and paste. They just swapped out the, you know the title of the piece. 
But the one from Plowshares was really nice. I want to read it. Thank you for submitting to Plowshares. We appreciate your patience while we read and carefully considered Las Vegas, and we're sorry that it isn't quite right for us at this time. However, please know that we have enjoyed your submission, and we hope you'll try us again in the future. Thank you very much for the opportunity to consider your work. Please feel free to mention our praise for your work the next time you submit. Sincerely, the Plowshare Editors. And that was like really fucking encouraging in this pile of just like, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Your writing sucks. This isn't the right fit. You're not the right fit. You're never going to be good enough. You know, all these fucking things. It's nice to have someone be like, yo, shout out the fact that we kind of dug your shit next time you submit something else to us. So I don't know, man. It's it's a fucking process and I'm just trying to be (laughs) accepting of it and understanding of what it is and just grateful for the opportunity and like really like lean into this shit where I know there's people listening and people engaged and people on this fucking ride with me and like it's all gonna be good it's all gonna work out for me in the end guys I fucking promise you it's all gonna work out in the end but what if it doesn't all right so so you know I've been posting like Instagram TikTok YouTube whatever so I posted some shit on YouTube shorts and I was like, all right, let me get out of like my account and get in, jump into a burner account so I could just see, not even a burner account, just like not signed into YouTube. So I could just like search for my videos. So I search for Romolini and I am not the one who comes up on YouTube. Now, here's the thing about being a Romolini. And I've always said this and I'll continue to say it. And it's the truth. There are not very fucking many of us on planet Earth. And those of us who are in the United States all come from the same two parents who emigrated in the early 1900s or late 1800s. My grandfather's generation was seven brothers and a sister, and all of us came out of that. And then, of course, you know, we have family in the old country. Now, since we're it's a very rare last name, I've been able to snatch shit up like on the internet. So like I'm Romolini at gmail.com. Please don't spam me. Actually fucking spam me. I don't care. This is like whatever. I've been able to get whatever website I wanted. I've been able to get whatever username I want. However, there's this one man. (laughs) I don't know his fucking first name, but he's in Italy. He's in Tuscany and he's like a fucking real estate mogul. He sells these like Tuscan villas, these sprawling properties with fucking vineyards and shit. I mean, he's got properties on there like 40 million fucking pound, uh, lira, euro, whatever it is. I mean, he's like a the real deal fucking real estate mogul over there. I think at one point I even emailed him and I was like, yo, I think we're related. You know, he never got back to me. It's like. You know how it is with Italian-Americans and Italians. It's like fucking Paulie in that episode of The Sopranos where they actually go to Italy and he's just pissed off and bitter because he thinks there's going to be like this rich connection to his roots. But they don't see us as Italians anymore. We're just fuck. We're Metagons to them, basically. It's kind of fucked up, especially when you just feel completely uprooted, probably like Paulie Walnuts did, and you're just trying to find a tether to something, and you think you have it, and you're rejected by these people? Gotta be a fucking nightmare. But anyway, maybe this Romolini wouldn't feel that way. I'm sure he'd be like, how did you bastardize our name? It's Romolini, you know? But but I'm sure he wouldn't feel like that maybe with his own blood, potentially, because, I mean, it can't. we can't be farther than, like, three generations back 
is where our connection is, right? But anyway, maybe one day we'll connect. Hopefully one day I can fucking buy one of those beautiful properties from them. Anyway, I'm trying to like be this thing and I'm not even the fucking first search result for my last name. Like this is a fucking problem. You know, I got to figure out this SEO shit or whatever. <laughs> whatever the fuck. The other day I was talking to Sam. Every once in a while I get this urge like that maybe I want to have a dog. You know, I had dogs growing up. I, uh, I adopted a dog in my early 20s that my ex took custody of uh, when we broke up. But I, I've always liked dogs. You know, I just kind of became more of a cat guy in, in my 20s and uh, 30s. And so I still flirt with the idea of a dog. And I think that maybe when the kids are a little older, it might be nice to have a dog. You walk the fucker and, you know, you do the whole thing. He keeps you active. He loves you. That whole thing. And I always say this to Sam and she's like, yeah, but there's just so much work. I'm like, yeah, but I got to scoop the litter. You know, I got to feed these fuckers like this is a lot of work, too. And then there's always a sobering moment where you walk outside and you're walking up the street and you see somebody walking their gigantic Great Dane who gets in the fucking squat and just takes a gigantic shit that they then have to put their hand into this plastic bag that's like a fucking millimeter thick and basically just bare hand pick up this steaming hot gigantic pile of essentially horse shit and carry it around with them like until they find a trash can and like they have to do it every single time the dog takes a shit i don't know man i i honestly i don't know if that's for me honestly it it, it it immediately made me reconsider my position on potentially wanting to have a dog, but that'll be revisited. So you have these moments as a parent, especially as a parent of two kids, you have these moments where you just, you can't comprehend all the shit that's happening at that exact moment. So the other week, my cleaning lady called and she asked if she could do Thursday instead of Friday. She usually does Friday. Can you do Thursday this week? Yeah, we could do Thursday this week. That'll work. My wife, for like a couple weeks, had been suffering from this really stiff neck shoulder situation. So on Wednesday, she was like, hey, listen, the chiropractor has some openings tomorrow. I got to get this straightened out. What do you think would work out? I told her, take the noon. The noon will work out fine. It'll be like my lunch hour. I'll hang out with the baby if he doesn't take a nap. I can work if he is napping, whatever. So I get bombarded with work, obviously. The cleaning lady's here. The baby doesn't take a nap. Sam needs to leave for the chiropractor. So I take over with the baby and we're just, I'm just hanging out with him because the cleaning lady's here. So it's kind of limiting on where we can be in the house and whatever. He's completely nude because he refuses to wear clothes for the most part. And we're playing outside and all these packages came. And I was like, oh, great. I'll, I'll bring these packages. Let's, let's go inside. So I'm holding three packages, walking up the steps of the house. My phone rings. I'm holding the baby's hand. I stuff the packages under my arm hold on to his hand, pull the phone out of my pocket. It's my oldest kid's school. He has a nosebleed and he had had a couple nosebleeds. They're calling to tell me that he has another nosebleed, but that he's fine. They ask him if he wants to talk to me. He gets on the phone with me. He tells me that he wants me to come and pick him up. The baby opens the front door 
the cats were waiting at the door. They all sprint out the door. He wanders into the house with my water bottle while I'm trying to get the cats. And I'm talking to my kid about when I'm going to come and pick him up. A glass breaks in the kitchen. The cleaning lady yells to me, tells me something just went wrong. And all of this is happening at exactly the same moment. It's all simultaneously happening. My mind just melted. I couldn't comprehend that all these things were happening at once. It all worked out, you know? I got the cutout. The baby was fine. The glass wasn't a big fucking deal. Got the cats back in the house. Wife came home. We got the kid from school. Everything worked out fine. But it's these moments where you just have so much shit flying at you at exactly the same time. And just when you think one more thing is going to break you, one more thing fucking happens. And you just got to hang in there for it. You just got to hang in there. There's nothing else you can do. It's fucking wild. Highly recommend it, though, because there are these beautiful moments that uh, really nothing can uh, compare to. So despite it sometimes feeling like a physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual torture chamber, there is a, a great reward for it, as, as any parent will tell you. A couple quick things about Instagram. I shot this video the other week when I was making gravy, marinara, spaghetti sauce, whatever you want to call it. When I was cooking Sunday gravy, I, I shot this whole video of the whole process and I'm thinking about releasing it at some point. I mean, I have to cut it and all that first, but it's weird because like all the, all the Instagram content looks exactly the same. Like all the fashion videos are shot and cut the same way. All the food videos are shot and cut the same way. And it's strange because like my instinct was to shoot it the exact same way that I had seen all these other videos shot, despite the fact that like I've done this for 20 years at this point and I have definitely my own style, but I still defaulted to that same style that is just become so prevalent on the platform. But anyway, I don't know. I think I will release it and it's going to be interesting to, to like redefine a style that fits the sort of Instagram aesthetic if this winds up being something that I do. And also the last week in promotion of the last podcast, I put fuck with me, you know, in text, like, and I was thinking about the Jay-Z song where he's like, fuck with me, you know, I got it. It's actually Rick Ross who says that, but fuck with me, you know I got it. so in my head, I was thinking about that lyric when I wrote fuck with me on the Instagram video and they didn't post it. Or they, they did post it and then they took it down or whatever. But then I was able to just use the song in which Rick Ross is like, fuck with me, you know I got it. Repeatedly. And they don't censor it. So I don't really understand what the fuck Meta is thinking with their, their the way they pick and choose how to censor things. It's very strange. Our tech overlords, very fucking strange. Rap fans, check out the new Freddie Gibbs album, Soul Sold Separately. It's fucking fire, top to bottom. Moneybag Yo in his feature, Shouts Out Philly, which is always pleasant. I always love hearing that in a rap song. I am obsessed with Philly, especially in this moment where the fucking Phillies are going to the World Series. It's crazy. Also, 
music fans. Check out the new Alex G, local Philly boy. He's got a nice new record. I don't know if you're here for the fucking record recommendations. The new Yeah Yeah Yeah's is great too. So I don't fucking know what you people are listening to me for. I talked to my dad the other day and he was like, well, yeah, man, what are you doing it for though? I was like, I don't know. He's like, so it's like, it's, what's it like, Seinfeld? It's just like a show about nothing? I was like, I mean, I guess it is. I think it's about some shit, but like, I guess essentially it it is a show about nothing. In as much as Larry David's show is a show about nothing. But then he was very supportive when I explained to him, like, I figure if I do this, it's going to, it's the right person's going to hear it. They're going to hear that I'm a good storyteller. They're going to hear that I could do shit and they're going to want to give me a show. They're going to want me to write for them. They're going to fucking want me to do something. You know, I got to do something, put something out there so people could hear something to know I'm fucking worth something, you know? And he got it. I mean, I think, you know, always desperate for my dad to get me (laughs) 25 years of it. Love you, dad. If you're listening, last thing I'll leave you with is I've been afraid of balding. Shout outs to all my bald people out there. I love you. No disrespect to any of you. I've been afraid of balding since I was like 13 years old. Always just fucking paranoid that I was going to lose my hair. It really intensified in my 20s. Just like real irrational paranoia. I still haven't gone bald. I still have no bald spot whatsoever. But every time, every couple years, every year I'm obsessed. I grew my hair really long during the pandemic and I was like, oh man, you look, it's like you have old woman hair now. It's like thin, like I'm like Paul McCartney looking with my hair. And then I was like, well, but this might be my last shot. I got to grow it as long as I can because I'm just convinced that I'm just instantly going to go bald. Still haven't gone bald. I'll keep you posted on it. But anyway, then I shaved my head and I was like, what if it doesn't grow back? And then it grew back. And then it started growing in and I got a haircut. And the other day I said to Sam, I was like, do you think my hair's growing? Like, like, look, like, she's like, well, you just got a haircut. I'm like, yeah, but do you think, do you think it's growing? Like... And the reason I was asking her is because a friend of mine at one point was like, yeah, I wish I could grow my hair longer, but I have to keep it this short because when it gets to this point, I can't remember what he said. It either breaks off or it falls out or something. And he's like, he's very clearly like balding. His father's bald, like the whole thing. And so like the moment that I'm curious if my hair is growing rapidly enough, I'm just fucking convinced that I'm bald, that I'm going to be bald tomorrow. And it's this thing where I'm always like looking for confirmation of something, like somebody else is going to tell me. I remember this one time I went to a barber and they were like, well, you know, your hair's a little bit thinner in this area. And I was like, thinner? And they were like, well, no, finer. It's a little bit finer, so we'll cut it a little bit differently. So I'm like always looking for this confirmation from an authority figure or from my wife like I'm desperate for everyone to like let me in on this secret that I think they have I mean this isn't just about my hair I also feel like sometimes someone's gonna be like you actually are fucking crazy and you need to be like committed to an asylum like it's some secret that everybody's got but they just don't want to tell me yet I feel that way about my hairline and about my sanity (laughs) when my hair was long you know, you'd shed, it falls out in the shower. And I'd just be convinced that clumps of hair were just falling out and I was going to wake up with a cue ball the next day. Guys, I suffer from irrational panic and fears. 
It's not a fucking easy way to live. I'm doing my best at managing it. Thank you for listening to me rant and rave about this shit because it's in vocally processing it that I'm able to maintain some semblance of my sanity. I'm also thinking that if the piece doesn't get published anywhere, I'm either going to do another round of submissions or I'm just going to post it online or I'm going to read it in its entirety in a podcast episode. Maybe I'll do some sort of a fucking poll and you can let me know what uh, what's the best one for that. Listen, tell your mother about the show. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your mother's friends about the show. Tell your Aunt Karen about the show. Tell everybody you know about the Blank Page Podcast. Available wherever you consume your podcasts. I'm trying to grow this thing. I need you to follow me. I need you to rate me. I need you to review me. I need you to fucking get active. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. It means so much to me to have all of you here on this ride with me. I get another fucking text or message from somebody being like, yo, I didn't know you had a podcast. My brother listens to it. Or I get a DM from somebody who I haven't talked to in years and they're like, yo, I really love that episode. I can't wait to hear where you go from here with it. And it means a lot. Like this is fucking cool to be growing a thing. And thank you, really, really, really thank you for suffering all of the fucking harassment for you to follow me and tell your mother about it. Oh, guys, I love you all. Thanks for listening to The Blank Page. I will see you next Tuesday. Peace. Uh, God damn, how real is this? I know them whole niggas gonna be feeling this. East Coast nigga, but how trill is this? Still don't give a shit, my ignorance is still a bliss.